Welcome to the Scalar Learning Podcast, the ultimate education show on the forefront of the burgeoning edtech revolution. Join us each week as we interview the most cutting-edge edtech companies, content creators, and curriculum developers across the planet. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Scalar Learning Podcast. I'm your host, Huzaifa, as always. Now, I've been interviewing a lot of really, really cool companies and amazing content creators lately. And as some of you guys may know, some of you guys may not, I'm also a YouTube content creator in the field of math. So I, I really like especially to interview fellow content creators and fellow uh, educators on YouTube. And today is one of those guests, which is really cool. So today we have on a gentleman named Sam Schultz. He's the producer of a show and a really popular YouTube channel called SciShow Kids. Got over 180,000 subscribers on the channel. So for those of you who are unfamiliar with SciShow Kids, SciShow Kids explores all those curious topics that make us ask why. And they have new shows every Tuesday and Thursday, and it's hosted by uh, someone named Jesse. A really funny robot cat named Squeaks who simply squeaks, but she can understand everything that the squeaks mean. And it answers questions and explains fun, complex science concepts for young, curious minds. So who I have on the show today is a gentleman named Sam Schultz, who is a producer for the show. And he is also a cartoonist and an animator. So without further ado, Sam, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. So Sam, let's talk about your getting involved with science for with this with the science show for kids and mm. i i know i read in your bio that you have you have an interest in animation and cartooning and uh, creating cartoons and i i think you oh, there's also something mentioned about nintendo tell us about how, <laughs> how all of that came together to get you oh, to scishow kids that's my company bio i haven't thought about that bio in a long time um i went to school for animation uh in chicago um kind of intending to go into television animation. So I studied a lot of pre-production, a lot of like storyboarding and character design and uh, animatics and things like that. Um, then after school, I just kind of like drifted around Chicago for a while and decided to move back home, which is, we, we're based in Missoula, Montana. I'm from Butte, Montana, which is like an hour and a half away from Missoula. So I moved back to Missoula just to like hang out and keep my head down for a little while and, and work on some other stuff. And then um, I ended up hearing about this company, which at the time was called EcoGeek, and now it's called Complexly. And it's Hank Green's. Um, Hank Green is a YouTube creator who uh, started off with Vlogbrothers with his brother, John Green. Um, and he started a company uh, and a channel called SciShow with help from YouTube, where every week uh, they do like five to seven videos about just like wild science questions or interesting things in the news, like science stuff that you should know. But it's all really like peer reviewed and written by um, really super smart, a really super smart pool of writers. So eventually YouTube approached him about creating kids content. And uh, he started a couple kids shows, SciShow Kids and Crash Course Kids. Um, and, uh, so then SciShow Kids was developed to be more like SciShow, 
where it's kind of like not exactly based on a curriculum, but it's just like hopefully answering questions that kids would be asking all the time and would be really easy to like search for, like why you get brain freeze or like why you blink and stuff like that. Um, so they, they developed that show and then they brought on, they weren't sure if they were going to be able to do it all locally. So, um, they were looking at other animation companies, but eventually they put out a call for local animators and me and a couple other people got hired to work on it too. Now um, this, now this other channel, SciShow, it has over 5 million subscribers. Is, is mm-hmm. that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, which is a wildly, I mean, that's an insanely popular channel for, I believe that's got to be one of the top five education YouTube channels on YouTube, which is which is amazing. So now you you got the call. You decided to jo- join SciShow Kids. What is it? What is it like? I mean, you were preparing for television. What is it like or what are the differences in terms of working on a YouTube channel versus what you anticipated working on a TV show would be like? Uh, it's actually launched in 2012, just by the way. I wikipedia it very quickly. Ah, thank um, you. I, um, yeah, it is very, very different. I think when you work, I've never worked in television animation, but kind of my understanding of it from being in school was that sort of everybody has, like, their specialized part of the process. So, like, you have the people who do the script, who write the script. You have the people who do the storyboards. You have the people who design the characters and whatever props that episode might need. Um, and new characters for that episode and stuff like that. Um, but they're all kind of like their own little department where that's just what they come in and do all day. But with SciShow and SciShow Kids and pretty much every channel on Complexly, um, we are, everybody's part of all of the process the whole way through. So except for script writing, which is has to be done by people who are really trained in science, um, but we pitch ideas to them and stuff like that. But I'm, I'm behind the camera when we're filming Jesse and Squeaks. Um, I'm editing it. I'm doing the color correction and the sound and the sound effects and uh, then animating everything, too. So it's a lot of work, and um, it's really fun and rewarding. But I think it's just like the YouTube content creation is so much faster because we have to do two episodes a week. So you just have to knock everything out uh, like really fast and... You don't really have time to, like, take a beat. But I think at the same time, that keeps us, like, excited about it, probably. And I think it also keeps audience members ideally more engaged because you Mm -hmm. have this continuous stream of content, which I think is really the saving grace of why it's the reason I, I think it's part of the reason why some of these channels are so popular is because you can come back every week and have really good content if you're a regular follower. But mm-hmm. what I what I think is really cool about your about SciShow Kids and not just SciShow Kids, uh, a lot of education channels, but specifically with SciShow Kids is that there is a it's a push towards really interesting, just natural questions that don't always get covered in the standard science curriculum. And really, that's what science is. It is an exploration. It -hmm. should be answering questions that you're curious about and that are interesting and that are hard. And what I love about at least the videos that I've seen is that it just answers really natural, interesting questions that kids probably have all the time. Like, why do we cry? What happens when we get scared? Why can you blow bubbles? Right? Like, Mm -hmm. this, that should, that's a question that should be part of science curriculum, really. Why can you blow bubbles? with soap but not you know without soap why doesn't it work yeah and things like that so tell us about that process in terms of how do you pick 
those interesting questions and also as a as a follow-up like what has been the response from students as they've watched your videos and interacted with you guys um a lot of our oh excuse me one second <coughs> you should probably edit that part out we'll do no um, worries. <laughs> um a lot of our questions come from we're super lucky in the early days of scishow kids we had kind of like a mixed bag of commenters where it was a lot of older people kind of being like weird like people can be on youtube but as the years have gone by we have gotten tons of kids and like parents watching with their kids as commenters so um a lot of times our questions just come straight from the comments um below every video um we keep just a big list of those and our writers get to them as they can uh they also um not really entirely sure we pitch ideas to them and i think they work with teachers to figure out new things to um to write scripts about but um uh, what was your other question? Well, and I know that I know that you guys have over a thousand videos or something, mm-hmm. right? Is it like sixteen hundred? If I if I am getting that statistic wrong, but it's well over a thousand. And what I think is cool too is you have this continuous stream yeah. of of content coming out. But I think the really cool thing is, yes, you have regular content. People can tune in every week. But where I see a lot of value in that is people can jump on and type in a question on YouTube and boom, mm-hmm. out comes a, a video explanation, which I think like the reason why I think that's so cool is because I think that gets at the heart of what science should be about. Asking mm-hmm. a question and finding an answer. And a lot of times what you guys provide, which is amazing, is this quick video explanation. And by the way, I think most of your videos, you guys keep them like within the five minute range. Is that what's your, what's your general goal in terms of content length? I think they generally end up being, uh, the uppermost is like four minutes and 30 seconds. Um, some of them are like five minutes long. I think five minutes is about where we would ever top out. Um, I'm not sure if there's any like, uh, really conscious decision behind that, but it seems to be about, that's like a pretty good, uh, keeps production moving along. Okay. If they are much longer than that, it might get a little bit longer than we have actual time to animate. Um, but yeah, like three, three minutes is our standard problem. Our three minutes and 30 seconds, I think is about our standard. And I'm sure that there must be some, some consciousness behind that choice, but that's just ends up feeling about right. And, you know, I work with kids all the time. I feel like that is that is a really good length to maximize engagement before, you know, I assume mm-hmm. that level starts to drop off. So over the years with all these videos, what are some of the videos that you've had, some of the explanations or concepts you've gone over that have had a pr- particularly strong reaction from viewers and where people have just been like, oh, my God, this, you know, thank you so much. This was a cool video. I really had a lot of questions about this. What are some that pop in your mind? Um, well, our most popular video is the video about the um, the blob fish. So I think a lot of the ones that people really react to are like people really like weird ocean stuff for some reason. I'm not I'm not entirely sure what the thinking behind that is. Another one of our really popular videos is what is a tornado? And I think that one is just like something scary that a lot of people, especially in America, experience. Uh, a lot of kids experience all the time and they're worried about it all the time. And so, like, I feel good that that one is one of our most popular ones because hopefully we're making some kids feel a little bit better. 
I can totally yeah. I can totally relate to that. I grew up in Michigan and we'd have tornadoes and tornado mm-hmm. watches and then you'd have to know the difference between a tornado watch and a tornado warning and mm-hmm. which is a warning is actually something has been spotted a watch is just the conditions are right. So that would have been great for me. That was a huge fear of mine yeah. growing up. And that makes sense. I think that a lot of times even as a as an adult for me, I'm drawn towards things that I'm scared of in terms of mm-hmm. I want to learn more about it. Case in point, I watch a lot of videos on hornets because I have a oh. huge fear of, yeah, of like wasps and yellow jackets yeah, and so on and so forth. So, like, tell us a little bit. Also, I want to know about Squeaks. What was the impetus to have a sidekick uh, ma- uh, mouse? I think I was not there for the development of Squeaks. I think it probably was just so that, like, she had somebody to talk to. Jesse Knutson Castaneda, our uh, host, had somebody to bounce ideas off of, kind of like how they had to put Robin in Batman cartoons so he would have somebody to, like, talk about all his theories and stuff with. Um, and, uh, yeah, he doesn't talk just kind of for, like, uh, production reasons. It would add a whole nother layer to it. But I think he's also supposed to be, like, the peer that the kids look at and think that he has questions and it's okay to ask questions and it's okay to not know everything. And I think that is what squeaks brings to the table for the most part do you guys ever invite on kids to co-host or be a part of the video making process uh we've had kids observe um filming before we've done a couple episodes where we shot b-roll with kids in the earlier days we had a writer who had two kids who came up with a ton of the questions that we um that we covered in the first year and a half or so of the podcast um but they kind of grew up, so they don't come on as much. But they were in a lot of the B-roll. Uh, we don't no, we don't normally have kids to be, like, co-hosts just because we don't really have, a, like, a big pool of other content creators here or, like, kids who might have their own science channels in Montana. Um, but I think if the circumstances were ever right, it would be – that would be awesome. How do you think teachers – and maybe you guys haven't – haven't exactly tackled this question, but I'm sure it'll be something in in years to come that you you would have to think about. I, I I imagine, but how do you think that science teachers in America could who are who are sort of following a more standardized curriculum and textbook, mm-hmm. you know, balance etc. How could they follow your lead and maybe try and bring make the science curriculums more exciting and more fun? in the way, you know, somewhat akin to what you guys are doing? What would be your advice to them? Hmm. I think one of the really valuable things that we do and that the things that make me step back and go, whoa, I had no idea that that's how that worked, is tying it a lot to, like, to real experiences that kids would have. Um, Like our, like, water going up your nose. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, I saw that, I saw like that video. Why, why does water hurt when it goes up your nose? Yeah, and then that gets into, like, cell membranes and stuff like that that you would never think of, but everything that happens to our bodies and everything that we think about and every animal that we see is science and can be related back to some kind of scientific principle. So I think, like, the real-world metaphor kind of angle of it is something that I find really engaging and something that we do on SciShow a lot, too. It's just tying it into someone's personal experience so it's not just, like, words on a page or some kind of mathematical formula that you're doing. But 
you can observe it in the real world and understand why it works. And I think understanding why things work is also uh, incredibly, um, it feels good when you understand why something works and you can explain it really easily to somebody else. And I know that is a movement to a certain degree in, in the education sphere in terms of project-based learning where we're asking questions and then having to learn a lot of things in order to find the answer. So I think that's, that's absolutely right. Mm-hmm. And really asking, really asking, like you said, what's relevant, what matters to kids and, mm-hmm. and then drawing that in versus things that may be a bit more abstract. I think it'd be even really cool too. to, uh, have you guys done, have you guys done anything on video games or in terms of the effects of video games on people? We haven't. That is something that I have talked about a few times. We've done circuits and we've done how computers work. So I think those kind of things are maybe building up to a little bit more involved technology-based stuff. But that is not something that we've covered yet, no. I remember I majored in computer science in college, and I remember my professor told me this is way back in the day, in like 2001, but my professor said that the vast majority of people that ever major in computer science are people that want to make video games because they grew up playing video yeah. games and now they want to build them, uh, which is which is really funny. It wasn't exactly true for me, but I think it definitely was true of most of my classmates. Uh, and then we end up doing uh, tangential things. But anyways, all right. Well, yeah, especially nowadays, it's like kids can play Fortnite on their phones while they're sitting in class. So there's a huge overlap in video games and a kid's everyday life that like I played a ton of video games when I was a kid. But once I left, like walked out the door of the house, it was not something that I could do anymore. But now they're just integrated in their lives so much. Yeah, it, exactly. Same with me. Now, let's end on the future and where do you see what, you know, what's the direction of SciShow in the next six months, two years, et cetera. So lay, lay it out for us. Um, I think we've really just hit a great stride that we hadn't really had before. I think we're kind of like firing on some pretty good cylinders right now. Um, so we're, we've been growing pretty consistently, especially lately. It was kind of slow going in the early days, but I'm, I would love to start to work more on our Patreon uh, campaign and have maybe more like uh, more direct communication with our viewers, I think would be awesome. Um, more acknowledging by name the people who send in questions so that will encourage other people to do the same thing, I think would be great. Um, let me think what else we're doing. We have a bunch of sets that I still need to build. Like we just got a, we just uh, got the budget to build the set that we're using currently. Um, and then there's another set that we also built that just isn't done being painted yet. So eventually she'll have a library that she can hang out into. Um, Content-wise, I think we've we've lately especially pivoted into answering a lot more questions that a kid would ask, even more than we used to. So we're doing, like, um, the water up your nose thing, the why do you cry thing, sneezing, like, questions about cheese and stuff. I would love to do more food-based ones because I think the cheese one we just did was really interesting. It was why there's holes in Swiss cheese. Yep, I saw that. That was about the the original reason was there was hay that would fall in the milk buckets. Yeah, and it's stuff like that. I think more and more than ever lately when I'm filming the episodes, they're so, like, 
the questions are so simple and the explanations are so fascinating that even I, it's like getting to a point where I don't know what they're talking about. I like where I am learning stuff as I'm filming them. And I think that we're just like in a really good spot right now. And I think our growth is kind of reflecting that people are starting to catch on to that. So I kind of just want to like keep it going full speed ahead like we are now. That is awesome. And like I said, this is what this show is all about, is following that journey for a lot of folks in the private sector doing this, adding to the rich tapestry of education. And, and really, honestly, it's, it's about two things. It's about fun and it's about access. And I think, obviously, you're doing both, especially having this YouTube channel that's widely accessible and that is really, really fun. So that's amazing. Yeah. Pe- well, what I love about Netflix or about uh, YouTube so much is how organic everything is and how you do have to adapt so quickly, but you have such a quick turnaround time that you can uh, digest things that you learned so fast and make changes so fast that the show can just be like, be what you want as quickly as you can think of it. Absolutely. Which is the magic of the platform. Mm-hmm. So if people are listening right now and they want to come and check out SciShow for kids, SciShow Kids or SciShow, how can they do that? They can go to youtube.com slash scishow kids they can follow us on the scishow kids uh twitter page or they can follow us on the facebook uh, scishow kids page which i think is just at uh, at scishow kids if you're in facebook and we have a pretty big following on facebook people comment uh, on our stuff pretty frequently and that is where our like our social media manager gathers tons of questions off facebook and that's how most of the teachers who watch the show i think send us the questions that, uh, that their kids have. Cause a lot of times like a whole classroom will put together a big email packet and send it to us. Um, so I think that's like a, Facebook's a great way to contact us, but our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash kids. All right. Thank you very much. And guys, if you're listening and you didn't get a chance to write that down, well, first of all, it's a podcast, so you can rewind. But if you don't <laughs> want to rewind, go to our website and check out the show notes at scalarlearning.com and just go to the podcast section and you can get all the relevant details and links right there. And make sure to check back every Monday for new podcast episodes with awesome EdSec companies and content creators all across the planet. And make sure to check out our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search for Scalar Learning. And you can find weekly live streams where I'm tackling SAT math questions every Wednesday. Got new math music videos on the regular, new one coming out on logarithms pretty soon, which I'm really excited about. And last but not least, check us out on social media, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook as well. Thank you guys so much for joining. We'll see you all next time. Take it easy. Scalar,